You're listening to The Buck and Bernie Show on KZMU, and uh, today's edition is pre-recorded for your listening pleasure. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, Welcome to The Buck and Bernie Show. Well, bonjour. Nice to be here together again, talking about... Spices. Oh man, I love spices. I always say to my to my chefs, you need to know your spices as as well as you know how to run a business. You know, you need to really know your spices. Spices is is life. Right. Before we get into that, how you been? I've been good. Good. I've been good. I've been really good with, with the little baby and everything. Yeah, little Jean Bernard is uh, starting to crawl around. You know, but I have to tell you something. It's kind of related to spices because I mean, it's it's a sense of smell. He loves to be with me in the kitchen. He's only seven months old. You know, I put him in his rocking, you know, and he's like, what's going on? You have the noise and you have the, you have the, you have the aroma in the kitchen going. And, and I, it's, it's really awesome. So have you started introducing him to solid foods? You now? betcha. Oh, okay, yeah. So. I, and, you know, I, it's really funny. I make everything from scratch. And it's, it's all about, you know, I use, for example, parsnips. He would say, parsnips, a baby is going to eat parsnips. Yeah, organic parsnips. You mix it. So you have parsnips and, and you have a butternut squash and your sweet potatoes. And you have a, even your uh, basil and spinach. It's just how you put it together. And I have to tell you, he, he can eat and he loves it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, so it's, it's kind of fun, you know, you're introducing this, this uh, little Newborn, or not newborn, how old is John Bernard? Oh, he's uh, seven months old. He's going to be eight months old next month. So, yeah. And, you know, I I stay a little bit away from from sweets for now. So, he has a little bit of peanut butter because you have to try to see if they have allergies or not. So, you know, the peanut butter, the almond butter with the banana. But, uh, uh, man, that boy is good. He's like his papa. That's the thing about, you know, uh, allergies and that. I think some of the problem is is that they don't give the babies the peanuts and stuff when they're young. And so then they do. Yeah, you have uh, to, In some cases, you know, they do create allergies because they're introducing later on mm-hmm. when they have, but just maybe little by little to avoid any uh, Yeah, allergies little by little, but the first time that you do it, you have to be, you know, you have to be cautious that and be ready that if there is a reaction, you need to go to the hospital right, right. on the fly. Because so, there's you know, a lot of different things that can... Yeah. Exactly, uh, kick off. but he loves his right. veggies. So I mean, it's very, it's very, very healthy. It's you know really right. good nutrition. It gives a good baseline to a healthy living when that baby has become a teenager and an adult. Right. So, but as you're introducing the food, you have to be aware. You don't want to like go overboard, right? You don't want to like have spicy food you cannot do spices right you cannot touch spices you cannot touch salt and i'm from Brittany. i love my salt but there is no salt so you know you is is, it's really good as a chef because you go back to the basics and the basic is if you have that ingredient how does that ingredient integrity really and and integrity and 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 profile profile really is because if you put salt or pepper it changes the flavor of that that ingredient at the beginning so it's pretty cool because, you know, it takes me back to the basics. Right. Yeah, I so, like it. I, <laughs> yeah. I love it. So it's, it's kind of like rediscovering cooking a little bit, you yes, know? Yes, yes. Because this, this is your first child. And, it is, it is. And yeah. uh, it's really neat, actually, because you, you really pay attention. You pay more attention of even your own eating habits. Right. That's of what's really great about it, yeah. Kind of rediscover things. That's cool. Yeah, I like so. it. 
what we're going to talk about today is uh, spices and spice mixology. Yes. And uh, I feel spices can take you a journey around the world. Uh, definitely. Because each region is known for their different spices in that. And, and, and you, I associate certain cookings with certain spices. Mm-hmm. And take, you know, Mexican cooking, for example. People, you know, they, they associate Mexican cooking with spices and thinking that the food is spiced a certain way or, or that they associate peppers and hotter, hotter spices with, with Mexican cooking and same with other regions of cooking. And it's very interesting you said that because the United States began its entry in the world spice industry in the 18th century. And Americans make a new contribution to the spice world by creating chili powder in Texas. And those are the settlers who really put this together. And they created and developing and they develop a technique for dehydrating chilies, onions, and garlic. And by doing so, they created chili powder. Isn't that unbelievable? Right. That's... I mean, the the fact that spice, I I think because spices, we've, I mean, spices have been around for thousands of years. Thousands of years. And they were, you know, as man uh, progressed and a lot of spices were, and still are, are for medicinal reasons. Yes. A lot of spices. And that's, that's how we were introduced to spices for more for medicinal than, than uh, you know, nutrition. But now it's kind of a combination, though. Well, you know, in a, in a medieval time, they would use spices to mask the flavor of, uh, let's say, uh, aging meat. Right. No, right. some people would die from it because, yeah, you're, you're eating something that was going to be already gone, but they will use those spices to, to mask it, which is really interesting because the spices will re- make it palatable in one word. Right, but hopefully that's not what the function of the spices is nowadays. So, but we've integrated that the spices into our diet, where we uh, use it more for flavoring. Uh, but they still have uh, medicinal values to it. You know? There's other means, yeah, definitely. I mean, if you read uh, uh, some of the oldest cookbook, you know. Uh, Brière de Savarin, for example, it was written in the late 1800. And you look at food was literally uh, uh, medicine. And then you had all that part of, uh, and those ingredients, which is really spices and herbs, who were just all about how to heal your body. Not only to make it feel good to the taste, but also also to heal your body, which is important. So... Uh, as far as, I don't want to say technology of spice or anything, but I mean, I, a lot of uh, spiceology, I think, is, is um, contributed to China, Chinese uh, culture, was introduced a lot of spices for, for the herbal well-being, I mm-hmm. should say, or like you said, for our medical purposes. Exactly. And the, they're really enri- their culture is really enriched with, uh, well, you and look, still is. Yeah, de- definitely. You look at the spice trade. The spice trade was the world's biggest industry generating immense wealth for those who controlled them. The spice trade became, began, I think, around 4,000 years ago. 
I mean, Arabic merchants would create a sense of mystery and magic by withholding the origin of each of the spices. I mean, isn't that unbelievable? I mean, it, and actually the spice trade established and destroyed empires, led to discoveries of new continents, and in many ways helped to lay foundation to the, to the modern world. Indeed. And, well, that's, that's a big reason why uh, mankind did exploring to other regions is for, to discover new spices. And, to tr and then it became, like you said, a trade between mm -hmm. uh, different countries. And, and it's really a big, big foundation it to is. human <laughs> civilization. It, it, it really was big time. I mean, initially, the spice trade was conducted mostly by camel caravans over land routes, but the Silk Road was an important route connecting Asia and the Mediterranean world, including North Africa and Europe. So you can see already, you take the globe, you take the map of the world, and you go, and, and you really start with a, with a marker to look at and, and follow that road, and you go, wow. Trade on Silk Road was a significant factor in the development of great civilization of China, India, Egypt, Persia, Arabia, and Rome. And you say, Rome? What? Those Romans, what were they doing with spice? And how did they really, you know, I would say embrace spices? Right. Well, the, the, the fact was that, uh, you know, as Rome built its empire, uh, it needed spices because one of the big things is an army a, a great army has to be a well-fed army that and a healthy true. army so as they discovered this it they implemented into their uh roman empire power and, and their fortress which enabled them to continue their empire you know it's very funny that you you bring you bring how oh, they were paying them because Roman soldiers of the time were frequently repaid in salt, in their weight of salt. And the practice, this is where the word salary came from, worth is salt day. Isn't it unbelievable? Salary. I mean, wow, you're getting paid of salt. I mean, salary, just to tell salt. you, yeah. to tell you the, the, the value of that ingredient. And salt is one of the primary, most uh, cherished spices of all you know and, and some you know, people don't associate with it as a spice but it is it is you know it is and it, it has so many uses mm -hmm. and that's why it became so valuable it, yeah. it can preserve foods it enhance, enhances flavor of the foods mm -hmm. so those two elements right there was made it really valuable and, i mean in ancient time you know uh pe people would say that uh an ounce of nutmeg was exactly the, the same value of an ounce of gold. Wow. Isn't that unbelievable? I mean, it's, it's you know, dock workers in, in London were getting paid their bonus in cloves because with cloves you can do so many things, including, you know, I remember my grandmother would say, if you have a toothache, you put that clove right on that gum on the, over the tooth and it will go away. Isn't it, it's, it's amazing, isn't it? And it right. did work. Right. It was a drug. It was a drug. So, you know, valuable again. So, and as they discovered uh, different spices for different, you know, causes or, diff or different remedies, I should say, it just ex expanded the, the spices trade and spice values of 
of different spices and and where to get that certain I know spice. I mean and because they're all coming from different parts of the world and the European when they I would, I would call it the the, the, the the spice race where the European would be going to Asia and all that the, this part of the world where they were pretty much fighting there was a big war between the 15th and 17th century 200 years they were fighting to get the best spices to bring them back to their country it's unbelievable. Okay. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's unreal. Like, but now, these days, you can go to any stores and you look on the shelf and you have all the spices you dream about. Isn't right. that great? It's, We're it, so fortunate. Well, we've become more knowledgeable in, in cultivation and transportation, which, mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't make it where we have to go out on ships and stuff. To <laughs> I, I, I think that what you have to look at when it comes to spices is you have, you have multiple levels. So first of all, before we, we talk about mixology, is is you have to look at the spices that you really uh, will use in, in your kitchen, what you will be cooking with, uh, and, and how to take care of the spices and, and all those things. And I think that uh, this is one of the things that's... Uh, kind of make me crazy at the beginning i will go to my friends and they have spice racks you know those one who's spindle pretty much right you know? right right and they, they all they all they right on the uh, as a decoration in the kitchen and you ask so how long they've been there uh i don't know 10 years those spices are dead they're gone <laughs> they look good but they're gone so what are great tips that you recommend because i mean you've been cooking like me for a long long time and our spices so, so important to our cooking. Right. So, what are your recommendations? Of, of storing spices? Yeah. How do you store it? Airtight container. Yep. Out of sunlight. Yep. And uh, not too hot, you know. Cool, cool, dry place, out of sunlight, you know. And, and then don't store them too long. And use them. That's, that's the key thing. That's, that's the problem with a lot of... You know, your average American cooks, they'll look at a recipe, they see there, there's a spice needed, and they'll go out and buy that spice, and that's the one and only time they'll use it. Mm -hmm. And then it goes into their on their spice rack, and it collects dust, and never seen again for how long. So that that's the key, is like keep them fresh. I think that keeping fresh is, is, is important, definitely. And also, when you buy them, don't buy it in big quantities. Just buy in small quantities because you can right. always go back to your, right. to your store and just buy whatever you need. So buying bulk, I, I like it because what I did is I have those little resealable containers. So what I do is I get my spices and my herbs and I put the date of when I purchased it because uh -huh. I know that after a while it's going to go bad anyway. Right. So before it goes bad, this is where I start mixing them. But keeping on how do you, um, how do you store them and, and your favorite way to, to use them. So I don't know about you. There's spices already grounded. They're ready to go. And there are spices who are whole spices. That you can you can grind yourself, right? So, what do you prefer? Which, well, I prefer the whole spices for one thing; they keep longer. Mm -hmm. You buy you buy spices that are pre-ground, and they're, of course, they're going to lose their uh, flavor. I think six months after six yeah. months, I think that it's like right. it's pretty much gone. But 
a good pl- a good source for spices in Moab is the uh, Moonflower Market. Yeah, because there you can buy as little as you want. Mm-hmm. You because they have a whole bulk section of spices, but you're just not really bulk bulk. They're in you know jars along, and uh, so you can you can buy and use as little as you need, which makes it. Well, more efficient a, and there's another thing is uh, uh organic i mean there's a yeah. very big difference between organic and really mass produced and you know moonflower is organic so i mean you you really get the best right because uh it's cultivated yeah better. exactly exactly now this is for the spices but you and i were talking also that and we'll, we'll go back to back and forth on spice and herbs but what about you know you are able to grow time during summertime and and spring, summer and fall, and you can harvest it, you can dry it, and then you can use it as your fresh, homegrown right. uh, herbs. So, what are your favorites? Well, well uh, you know the basics. You have you know you have your parsley on hand, mm-hmm. you have your thyme and oregano, the fresh herbs, and like you say, you can they're easy to grow and cultivate because you don't need a lot. Yeah, you need One a dehydrator. Plant- and then, uh, well, also what you can do is have a grow year round inside. You know, have have your little herb garden in your windowsill, and just I do clip it off as you that's need it. it and stuff. Mm-hmm. That that's the best way. It is the best way. And and so many so many of them are easy to grow. You know, you got your chives and and your your basil still your grows basil really well. Your thyme, your rosemary, your your um, sage, sage as well as well. The only thing is, you need to you need to crack the the, the, the window just a little bit. They need, they need to be the, a little bit of that fresh air. Doesn't yeah. have to be for long, but that ten minutes, man, it's like they can breathe, which is good. Yeah. So yeah, once and you know if if you're a person that uh, is able to do that, you know and and. Not traveling much to care for your plants, anyway. So, it that's really you know the more you can grow yourself, the better off you are. That's but it. But you can't, you know, you might not be able to get into the more exotic spices, of course. But uh, it'd yeah. be surprised what what you can and can't grow. So, hey, Buck, I got a I got, I got an email from Stephanie who is asking me asking us what's the difference between spices and herbs. Well, that's that is a good question, uh, and basically, the uh, generalized terms is herbs are the leafy green parts of plants, and they can be harvested anytime during the growth of the plant. You know, you just take the leaves. As spices are generalized as the seed of the plant, mm-hmm. which is uh, you know it. It can only be harvested when it's produced, and so you're harvesting at the seeds. Is you know it's got to be at a particular time when when that seed develops, and you can harvest it. And generally, generally, spices are more potent in flavor, hmm. concentrated. So, would you say that, um, for example, cilantro? So cilantro is leafy, and then it becomes a seed. But they don't call it they call it they don't call it cilantro seeds. No, it's coriander, which that's it. Uh, everyone knows, but a lot of people don't even uh, associate coriander mm. with cilantro. And so, if you're growing cilantro 
and you want to produce coriander, just just let your. I mean, you don't have to do it with all your all your uh, cilantro, but uh, certain parts of it you can just let it develop and produce uh, coriander, the seeds. It would be the same thing with fennel. Okay. Exactly. And you have fennel seeds. So if and you, you can do that with with dill, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of herbs, you know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's, that's the basic. You're you're you know you're halfway there. <laughs> I mean, if you have cilantro, you know, just let it bolt, you know, and and it'll flower, and then go to seed, and you'll have and. Green? Have you ever used green cilantro seeds? They're oh just, yeah, it's really good. It's very, very they're, important. They're sweet and potent. Yeah, it's very like, important. It's yeah. it's a whole different thing. So the the thing is, when you have all those seeds after that, let's say that you 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 do not want to buy really grounded spices. You want it. You want to have the whole seeds. The way that you want to, um, uh, I would say to to grind it. I the way I do it is I always toast them. In a, at very low heat. Yes. So you have all the essential oils who come to the surface, and then I put them into my spice grinder. But I have a, I have a funny story to tell you about this. So I was in at my, my house in a, in a Encinitas, and I love my I love my coffee, but like two or three days prior, I did I a can bunch tell of. Tell where uh, this is going. <laughs> I, I did a, I did a bunch of uh, uh, spices that I grinded, and then um, I grind my coffee not really paying attention like a few days later and i was like man this coffee tastes good what mm -hmm. and i had i had grinded some fennel seeds oh fennel and and the fennel gives like an, a little anise oh. flavor so you know hey i just became my own starbucks <laughs> burn that box bernie's buck coffee so, i mean it's, it's really amazing how you really can really bring that beautiful fragrance yeah for yeah and for those listeners that's that's the easiest way to grind your spices is in a little coffee grinder. You know you're familiar yeah. with those little ones, uh, but I I have one that's just dedicated to my spices. Oh yeah, I do that too. <laughs> and then and then uh, one for the coffee. So mm -hmm. so you don't you know. Yeah, God when, knows you. Some you, flavors would not go good. With yeah, the coffee. but you man, you make some good coffee. You yeah, roast. So. <laughs> I mean, but. But roasted these coffee beans who are just so good at my house. I just love it. When you bring me like a couple pounds of it, it's awesome. So, you know, I guess uh, coffee's more of a bean or a fruit. It's not really a spice, but uh, it's, well, I don't know what it would be considered. You, you know, you know, coffee. That's, that's interesting because coffee is. It's kind of a spice. It's, it it's is a, kind it's of a spice. Aromatic. It's an it aromatic. It is aromatic. Because in that but, case, you put the tea. Tea but is it's, a spice. It's a medicinal also. Uh, exactly. And it has been for many years. So There is one thing that coffee doesn't like, and spice doesn't like either, is humidity. They do not like humidity. As soon as it right. gets humid, man, you just like, you lose all of the fragrance, and it, it, it gets moldy really fast right. as well. And it gets really rancid and moldy and... And, and not good. So that's interesting. You you just mentioned uh, roasting, roasting the uh, spices to bring out and develop the flavors, mm -hmm. which is really important. I mean, just like coffee, coffee's not coffee if you don't roast it. And so a lot of the spices are the same way. You to develop the true flavor of the spice, like you say, you, you lightly roast it. You know, you just do it on the stovetop in a pan. And when you can start to smell uh, the aromatics from it, and that's that's really 
the best way to use your spices and develop the flavors is, is through roasting. Uh, we have a question from Mark. Mark asks, what would be a spice blend was really easy to do uh, at, at the house and, and that you can mix with nuts? So I can tell you that, I don't know about you, but uh, I use Duca and it's, a, it's an African uh, spice blend. It's really easy to do. I uh, showed you a screen from, from Egypt. And what they do is they use a nut, sesame seeds, coriander, talking about the coriander, mm -hmm. seeds with grounded, and cumin. And if you want, you can put a little bit of salt and pepper. But you can put it on, I use it baked fish. Uh, uh, but what they do is over there, they have in Egypt, when I was traveling there as well, you have the spice, you have the extra virgin olive oil, and you have the bread. And you take your bread, you dunk it into the olive oil and dunk it in the spice, and you eat it. And it is really remarkable. So Mark, you can do this. It's really easy to do. And we have recipes for you as well. So let's let's go there. Let's go, because you're the professional here of, of spiceology. Uh you don't you have cookbooks? Oh, I have a cookbook, yeah. But I and I and I used to teach actually uh, uh, spice mixology, um, and and I have to tell you that you know from Africa, Asia, Europe, Middle East, North America, it's so different. They use so many different spices. So Bernie, we have another question from a listener, and they want to know about blends, the blending or. Spiceology? What do you call it? What do you refer to? I call to it, it spice mixology. It's like you spice know mixology. when you are making your mixology when it comes to a drink, you you mixing different alcohol and syrup and flavors, and it's going to be the same thing when you are mixing up or blending uh, spices. So I'm going to take you a bit on a tour. You need to take you yeah, on the, absolutely. On a absolutely. Right. Let's tour. So. I was in India. I went to India about three times, and my first time I was there, I went to one of the spice market. It was uh, right in the middle of town, and uh, it, it was just crazy. As you come in, you have literally fifty-pound bags of every spice that you can dream about. I mean, it was unbelievable. So what I learned is the. Um, the blend that they have is, for example, you, everybody knows masala. So they have a chat masala, which is a tangy masala. And usually it is used with, uh, uh, is made of dried mango. And it is used to sprinkle on snack and street food in, oh. in Mumbai. So that's when I was in Mumbai, in Bombay. And then you have also your... So is it, is, it, is it spicy? Is it my... What, it is very flavors? aromatic, but there is a little bit of a bite to it. So ah. you have a little bit of that... Uh, uh, it's, it's a little bit bitter, and, it, it, it bit, it, 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 and it's spicy at the same time. So when you put it on dry mango, which is really sweet, so now you have all ah, of the element that nice. you're looking for, which is really, really awesome. Then, uh, you know, all the curry powders, of course, you know, inspired British invention is typically... Include turmeric, coriander, cumin, fenugreek, red pepper, but they're all very different. So curry powders are, are really interesting. And one thing that I like is it's a punch foram, which is a Bengali five spice blend made of fenugreek, nigella, cumin, black mustard, and fennel seeds. And those are really interesting because punch foram is very good on chicken. 
if you use those spices and you just sear your chicken and you bake it in the oven, well, two things will happen. The chicken is going to be so delicious and you will have all the aromatic take over the whole house, even in the bedroom. <laughs> it's going to smell so good. Very, very aromatic. And then, you know, I, I was very fortunate in my life. I traveled a lot, about 80 countries. And when I was in uh, Latin America, of course, you, had, you have the adobo, which contained, you know, garlic, oregano, peppers, spices. It's used in Mexican and Latin American cuisine. And they, they really like to do a lot of stews with adobos as well, which is really interesting to me. And uh, joke spice in Jamaica. Jamaica. Oh, uh, yes. Joke spice chicken. It's <laughs> yeah, really, it's really so awesome. Red pepper, black pepper, allspice, cinnamon, and thyme. And with that, you can use it on everything you can dream about. But on the barbecue, this is where those spices will just uh, explode. It is so good. So that, that reminds me of one of the first spice blends I, I remember being introduced to when I got in the culinary business was Chinese five spice. Oh, Chinese, is, Chinese five spice is a is really a, a, a classic because you have sweet, savory, bitter, and sour. So you have right. all of those uh, spices who are really put together, and it's really aromatic. But it remember, very if, you, if you put too much, oh my god, right. it takes over. Right, and then that's yeah. it. But you know what I discovered one time? I I. Uh, I wanted to utilize it, and I was making ice cream, and I put Chinese five spice in the ice cream uh -huh. as I made it, and it was wonderful. It made such a, a unique flavor, and the blend of the you know the the cold ice cream and having the spice come out in it was. So Great. we're gonna we're gonna really go on on something that I did was really crazy. So you know. Uh, um, the uh, Chinese hot pepper, Sichuan pepper. Right. So the Sichuan pepper, really, it's spicy, but at the same time, it numbs you. So it mm -hmm. numbs your tongue, it numbs right, your mouth. Right. So my story is that I was in uh, Singapore with a friend of mine, and uh, I ordered Sichuan uh, um, seafood. So they bring me the big bowl, and they said, you know, it's going to be too, she said, it's going to be too hot for you. I said, no, it should be fine, you know. So I have my chopstick, and it's literally covered with Szechuan pepper. So first bite, I'm good. Second bite, hmm. Third bite, no more tongue, no more, <laughs> no more nothing. They call it the ma. Everything disappeared. And uh, what I, I remember that, and I just went, because, he, because all your taste would come back within like, I would say 15 minutes. Everything is come back to normal. So I use Szechuan pepper with my chocolate ice cream. So when you add, nice. so I did the chocolate gelato. Yeah. So you add the gelato, you have, mm, you have nice, rich chocolate. And then you have the first bite. And then it's a little bit spicy. And then your tongue disappears. And you go, what happened here? And then, you know, on ice cream, it comes out really fast. It's like a couple of minutes and boom, you come back to no. But it is so good. So just to tell you, you know, if you use that, that, um, that uh, session pepper, then you will have... Uh, Definitely a very interesting experience, and that's what cooking is all about. Right. So, so. in uh, when I was uh, in um, in Africa, uh, berberry is uh, it's a spicy, sweet, uh, and a little bitter um, a spice blend, and is used in Ethiopian and Somalian um, uh, Somali cuisine, which is really really interesting. And I was telling you during the show, I mean just before the show. 
uh, I had the, the privilege to go to the Republic of Georgia many years ago to do a, a dinner for President Sashishvili. And uh, I went to the local market. And at the local market, the, same thing, there is spices everywhere, fresh and dried and mixed and wet. So very, the wet are all the marinade, all the paste and all the stuff that they're doing with it, which is really interesting. But they have a knemi sunelli, and it is, uh, is warm, nutty, grassy, and with bitter spices like fenugreek, coriander, savory, and black peppercorn. But you can also um, mix it with uh, any nuts that you, that you really like. So hazelnut, for example, goes really well with it. And I have a recipe of um, uh, chicken sunelli that will be available on the website as well. And it's super easy to do. And it's, it's just like, same thing, it's aromatic, aromatic, aromatic. Well, I think that's, that's, that's a good way to, like say, uh, you know, be introduced to different cultures and that. So when you're traveling on vacation, whether it's abroad or even, you know, within domestic borders, go to the local spice market if they have one. That's the market. When I, when I was just down in, uh, you know, southern Arizona recently d- during the holiday Christmas, I I found this this uh, it's it's this place that produces all these different chili powders and that, and it was so nice to go in there. And not only do they have their own stuff, they have stuff from other regions and that and and different blends and and um that's what that uh that moly spice recipe it's it reminded me of that because they have different types of uh blends there and you can just go in and you can and a lot of spice shops you know you're allowed to smell and taste and that and that's a great way to discover different spices yeah you go to you know in brazil you have a uh, amazing uh, spices over there as well. And you go to the Andes, they're going to be very, very different. So it depends on what really grow in the region. And our, you know, uh, the locals and the artisan are also uh, harvesting. Everybody is uh, is treating uh, and handling their spices differently. So you can have a spice from one region who tastes four different flavor profile because it's been harvested and dried and mixed differently and it's the same region but you know everybody has their own little recipes little okay. tiny micro region in that region which is really awesome you know arisa for example is made from smoked red red peppers and it's made in tunisia and and is used in north african cuisine but it is a uh, it's a paste but it can be dried as well hmm. so it can be done in a dry form or it can be done in a wet form and it's really, really a remarkable a fragrance who just, who just come, that, come from that. And look at India. India. Look at India. How many curries do they have? Right, Oh, right. my God, I love India. <laughs> it's endless. I, it's- I mean, some curries, if you put your tongue into that, into that sauce... He won't be able to taste anything, especially for a white boy like me. Forget about <laughs> it. The Frenchman so. is gone. Cannot get it. I mean, it's, it's, and some other ones are super fragrant. I mean, Indian curry compared to, let's say, Thai curry. The Thai mm-hmm. green curry or the red curry or the yellow curries, they are all so different. They are, indeed. But they're all classified as curry, mm-hmm. so it can be confusing to people. You I know. know. You, I know. Let's have curry, but... I mean, 
then you're opening the book up to like, okay, which which curry? So which one do you prefer? What what do you like? In I curries? like green curry because you have uh, the galangal and you have your uh, lemongrass and you have your ginger uh, and, and you have all the, all the other spices go with it. Which really uh, keep that really clean heat. I like the heat to hit me and to leave me. I don't like it like it to linger because. It, after that, all the flavors become the same. So it's like, you know, that mixology um, is like mixology in your mouth. It's like, <laughs> right. ouch. But, you know, there's one thing that I love to do. And, and I know that you like it as well. I learned this one from my grandmother. And we make Herbe de Provence, Provencal Herbs Mix. Oh, and, you know, you can, the, you can put it on your, on your leg of lamb or on your chicken. Traditional or, French... Uh, and it's look, blend. it's so easy. It's it is easy. Thyme, savory, oregano, lavender, parsley, tarragon, rosemary, sage, and fennel seeds. Leave your salt and pepper with that, and you mix it, and you put it into your little container, airtight, and you're good. But mix it yourself, because right, right. And I was just going to get to that because what you listed there is not what you're going to get if you buy a premixed no in the store. It's not even close, and it's not even going to taste the same. So that's why mixing it yourself is is to get the true uh, traditional. Exactly, and and some people say, you know what? I don't like rosemary. So many people don't like rosemary because rosemary can be overpowering. So Mm -hmm. you can take it out. So you 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 take a spice blend, and then you make it your spice blend. And you know what's great about spice blend is that for Christmas you can prepare those. You know, three months in advance. And this mm-hmm. is for Uncle Joe. And this is for Auntie Mary. It is, it is for your friends. It's your friends and family. It warms your heart because it will warm up the heart of their mm-hmm. kitchen. Right. And especially if, if you get into growing and producing your own, it's even that much more special. Yeah. and unique yeah you know so. uh same thing i had to go back to grandma because you know i'm from Brittany, and she would grow everything i mean not grow only grow everything she raised everything too i mean between the rabbit the chooks the the the, the turkey the lamb i mean everything uh but there was one thing that we would do is we will harvest uh you know in the fall i would say summer and fall and then we would put it in the attic and it would be all they would be uh, with a butcher twine they would be tied in together on the stem and dried because the heat from the house goes up into the attic and it would be always dried at the same temperature, which is around 70 degrees or something like this. But you will keep the fragrance just impeccable. So then, you know, you just use what you need and it's perfect. Right. And, well, let's, let's define using uh, fresh herbs versus dry in cooking. You don't want to use the same amount, correct? That's correct. So what's a good way to, say, uh, a uh, conversion chart, you know, fresh versus dry? It will depends on what herb, but I'm going to take thyme because that's an easy one. Uh, You know, a sprig of thyme uh, was going to be about maybe like an inch and a half long, would be about a half a teaspoon of dry thyme. If you, this is pretty, the ratio would be like one teaspoon, I would say, of fresh thyme. And it would be, yeah, half a teaspoon of uh, dry thyme. So it's about by half. But it still depends because the potency of the dry thyme can be really strong or can be mm. really light. Right. It does depend on. It just depends. Which is 
goes back to the freshness of it, mm-hmm. you know, so if you're using dried herbs. So hopefully you'll use the freshest dried herbs because it yeah. makes a difference. And I find, like, when using dried versus fresh, I tend to, if I'm using dried, I will add the dried herbs at the beginning of the yep. cooking. Say yep. I'm sautéing onions and and oil, you add your dry herbs at that time to bring out the flavor in that. As opposed to fresh herbs, I, I like to add at the end mm-hmm. of the cooking process. Yeah, because I agree. It's, well, the, the, dry, the dryers need to develop flavors. Correct, and, uh, and, correct. Uh, and the other one as the essential oils is More or less, you're, is re- right there. you're rehydrating exactly. the dried that's herbs. That's exactly what you're doing. And that's yeah. the best way to do yeah. it is, is when you're in the process of like the beginning of the cooking, using your oil to whatever, your sauteing onions or whatever. And that's the time to Well, you know, talking about using herbs. oil, the thing that you have to always be careful is if you are uh, using spices at the beginning of a cooking process, make sure that you don't do it on high heat. You will burn, the, you will burn them. Right. They will right. be destroyed. And, and also, it brings a really like a bitter taste as well. So you have to look at how you want to... To cook, but you, 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 even when you're making your curry, you don't do it at high heat. You do it at medium heat because the flavor develop as the cooking process goes 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 through. But I wanted to ask you something. I think that was really relevant to where we live. Is that you know I, I love my beef, I love my pork, I love my chicken, uh, I love my meat. And what about using some of this spice mixology, this spice blend for uh, I would say marinating? Because this oh, will absolutely. give give amazing flavor. So tell me about you know you you we were talking about you're making briskets and you're making all type of barbecues and everything. So t- tell us a little bit about it. So, so yeah, and I I did come up with my own blend of uh, I call it spice rub, uh, which can be used for many ways. Uh, but uh, and I'll, I'll, in fact, I'll get that recipe posted on on the site website. But it's. Uh, you know, it's a blend of spices and mixed with the, and it has a little bit of salt and sugar in it. So, so it's more or less a dry brine type rub, which is good for grilling, for smoking. Uh, you can use it on a variety of different meats and that. And so, that that's what you, which is good for barbecue, which is which is to develop the flavors of the meat. You know, so, you know, you put put a piece of meat on the grill and just grill it off, especially if it's now, especially in this day and age, the price of meat, you know, you it, it's it's so high now mm-hmm. to buy a nice, really cut a steak that you want to just grill is like very expensive. But what you can do is is buy a cheaper uh, cut of meat and uh, go through the process of either, you know, just doing a dry rub, cure on it, and then either smoking it or grilling it. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you have a unique flavor that's, that's great, you know. Yeah, I, you know, you, it's, it's, it's interesting. I, um, when I was in New Orleans visiting my friends, uh, of course, we talk about Cajun spices, you know. Mm-hmm. So Paul Prudhomme was a very good friend of mine, and Paul is the gentleman, is the chef who created Cajun spice. He was the right. Cajun man, 
And you look at, at making your own Cajun spice. So yeah, I, I want to make my own Cajun spice. What I have in use for you, most likely when you open that cupboard, when you look at that spice rack that you have, you have all the ingredients that you need to make that, that, that Cajun spice. You need some onion flakes or just onion powder, some paprika, some sea salt, some granulated garlic, some thyme leaves, oregano leaves, some black pepper, cumin, and cayenne pepper. That's it. So you go, oh, oh, honey, I think we can make our spices today. And that's what you want to start doing. Like this, you'll be able also to turn over all of the spices that you don't use. You know, I mean, and, and, and it becomes your own spice blend. It doesn't have to be Cajun. It can be other spices who really work well together. So with all the recipe that we're going to give you uh, on, the, um, on the website, you just, just download it, just look at it, and start creating your own spices. Same thing, another great gift. Maybe you'll become the next Paul Proudhon. Because yeah. Look at that, what happened. He, mm-hmm. he developed a spice blend that mm-hmm. really revolutionized yep. cooking at the time. You bet. When the blackening came on the scene, which he developed, mm-hmm. it just took over. In the, in yeah, then Emeril, my other friend, Emeril Lagasse, just went, okay, I'm going to do the spice, I'm going to do Cajun as well. And everybody did Cajun of that. It was like, ooh, Cajun spice galore. <laughs> uh, but, you know, uh, you look at, uh, you love Mexican food. Oh, I love so. mole. And I, I was just—I'm I'm glad and you brought that up because the thing mole with, spices with mole—it reminds me of curry, and because you know curry is a blend of different peppers and spices and that, and so is mole. Mole, mole is is like the Mexican version of curry, really, mm-hmm. if you think about it. It's and it's uh, been developed over centuries and it's unique in like curry because there's so many different types of moles mm-hmm. they can be so what would you put into your mole uh, spice if you made a spice so spice right you that's that's a very good point you can um, actually make a mole spice as opposed to the mole paste mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. uh, and that would involve like cumin fennel you can do allspice cinnamon and then the the traditional uh, there's a lot of traditional things in, in mole, mm-hmm. you know, and one of them is sesame seeds, which mm-hmm. I consider a essential part of moles. And then uh, you put cardamom, and then oregano. Let's talk about oregano. So there actually is a Mexican oregano. Yes, indeed. And which is is different than. Normally, we is is Greek oregano, which mm-hmm. most people use day to day. But Mexican oregano is it's more it has a different component and flavor than your traditional Greek oregano. I find it more floral, uh, a bit stronger. So you have to adjust, you know. And then, uh, but that's that's a very important ingredient in Mexican cooking is is Mexican oregano. And then also into the mole spice, you can have your paprika, salt, chili powder, and also uh, ingredient in most moles is cocoa. Yes, indeed, good cocoa. Yes, hey, I just got a, uh, another awesome. email from uh, uh, Susie, and Susie is uh, is asking pickling. Tell me about pickling, pickling spices. 
pickling spice. Okay, so pickling is another uh, form of curing. Uh, and so pickling spices are generally used to, you know, if you're making pickles. Mm-hmm. or But you can pickle more than just cucumber. There's lots of different things you can pickle. Onions uh, is actually, that, we'll go back to the Mexican... They mango. use a lot of pick, pickled onions and stuff. Pickled mango. So it, pickling spices will not only help preserve whatever you're pickling, but they add that aromatic, robust flavor. So and so, you know how I used to uh, prepare my shrimp cocktail? I would boil water with a little salt and pickling spices. All right. Yeah. And I have That's to tell it. you. The flavor and the fragrance will come up that uh, that broth. It is so amazing, and it just gives a nice fragrance to the shrimp. And when you have it with that shrimp cocktail sauce, with the cocktail sauce, oh my God, it is just heaven. I mean heaven. The other thing that I have done with pickling spice is uh, I use the the pickling spices when I was curing my brisket. Right, and it so. works really like a charm. Right, right. So like. Uh, pastrami, yeah, and that is, exactly. that's all associated. Exactly. Corned beef, mm-hmm. it's it's all about the spices. And a lot of the traditional pickling spices, you'll usually have bay leaves, you'll have uh, peppercorns and mustard seed, and but sh- and usually fennel seed, and we'll go with it and maybe caraway. But but again, you can make up your own blend. And just have fun with it, and but, but yeah, pickling spices are essential in pickling. You know, it's again that's what brings out the flavor. So when I was traveling to Turkey, I had a, of course, a Turkish coffee. I was into a coffee house, but they were making some flavored coffee, and what they did is they they use a seven spice blend that they infuse with a syrup. And they use that syrup as a base for their coffee. So you, they, they do the coffee and they sugar it, they sweeten it with that syrup, which is really amazing because it's made with uh, allspice berries, fennel seeds, peppercorn, cinnamon stick, cloves, green cardamom, and nutmeg. And you make wow. a syrup with that. It is really remarkable. So it's not only for savory. It can also be used for sweet, which is... Uh, mm-hmm. Ron Oliver, my uh, my uh, former chef, his wife is from, Me- from Mexico as well, and he, he used to do a Aztec-style uh, hot cocoa. Oh, yeah. And he so. will use most of those spices as well and make a, like a syrup and infuse that cocoa with it. And it was just that chocolate. It was so good. It was just amazing. So you can really play. Right. For, with your spices. For drinks and beverages uh-huh. can also be infused mm-hmm. with spice. You know, you think like Thai coffee is uh, a oh, spiced. And it's a so spice good. sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's used in so many things and can be used. The, the thing is, is experiment yourself. Uh, use the spices you like, but don't be afraid to go out on the rim try try new stuff and what's your suggestion of of you know blending spices i mean i think that when you when you blind 
when you're you're blending your spice, you got to make sure that you've you are following the recipe exactly as it is the first time, because spices are almost like it's it's almost like baking. I would say you have to follow the recipe the first time, and then you can really play with it. Because if you do not follow the recipe the first time, then you don't really know what the flavor profile is. And then you you make, I will make most likely half a dozen spices, spice blend. And what you want to look for is a spice blend who will work with pretty much everything. Right. You know, so, so it, use, it's good with my veggies, it's good with my chicken, it's good with my, uh, my seafood. And then, of course, you will have a spice blend who is going to be good for your sweets. I mean, that's, uh, you know, we, we do my, my um, same thing in Brittany. We do a, a honey spice bread, pandy piece, it's called. And you, have, you pretty much have all those spices that we talked about in the, uh, in, in the mix. And it is uh, a recipe who ended up in Brittany due through the, who knows, maybe a thousand years ago, all those spices who made it up to France. I mean, it's just it's, and into that part of the of, of Brittany, which is in the middle of nowhere, but it is so good, and it's made with honey. It's honey and spices. See, now that's the that's the great thing. You can discover the world through spices mm-hmm. and different cultures. Yes, because it's it differentiates so many different uh, cultures. So you know and types of food. You know, now I have a little boy. Right. And when that little boy is going to be like, they say, four or five years old, what I would do if, I, if you have children at home, you take a map of the world and you look at everything that we talked about today with the spices and take them on that spice, that, that, that spice road, you know, and, and they will be able to discover cultures, cuisine and, and where all those spices come from. And at the same time, as you as they discover it, cook with that spice, and they will be able to enjoy it. Give you, give them a, a really great uh, roadmap as they're getting older. They will really look forward to cook in the kitchen and be in the kitchen, and really eat very very good nutritional food with a lot of flavors and aromatics. It's a great influencer. Yes, on- that's it. It is a great influencer. You yeah. always come up with the best words. I guess this is one of the Frenchmen. <laughs> that's why you, 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 you're the American men who really have that mastering of the, of the language. Uh, yeah. But that's a big part of becoming, of becoming a chef is yeah. to, I mean, because spices make all the difference in the world that's it. from one dish to another. And so that's learning, t- learning the different parts types of spices and the techniques of using them is the foundation as i would say as our show is closing right now spice it up because life is delicious it is indeed so thanks for joining us today everyone and uh, we hope we done some inspiring on you to go out and use spices develop spices do blends and Try cultivating. That's it. And uh, don't wait to go to KZMU website to be able to get all those uh, recipes. And we we put together a really nice, um, I would say, guide at the same time of what you can do and what the flavor profiles are with all the herbs and the spices. So you will have fun. It's always a pleasure to be able to share our passion and love for food. 
indeed. So thanks again for joining the Buck and Bernie Show. And we'll see you again the next first Monday of the month at 4 p.m. Join us then, and we'll bring you another show. Thank you. Au revoir.